0: Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more.
1: Greetings, listeners. It is I, Professor Jameson Burkhead, creator of the Unifier. I'm still dealing with the repercussions of unifying myself with dozens of animal species. Uh, For instance, I do occasionally shock myself, thanks to my electric eel parts. Uh, But in the meantime, I asked Taylor to compile a list of previous experiments to revisit. Uh, Sort of a Taylor's Top Ten. Now, I've noticed a lot of these experiments involved me getting embarrassed or grossed out in some way, but I did agree to honor their selection, so uh, listen to this already complete unification and enjoy... Oh, that darn electric eel. Uh, Enjoy. Three, two, one, cue my theme song. I, Professor Burkhead, took some old spare parts and built a new machine to reveal just what is in our hearts to connect with animals and people and bridge that great divide. I had to keep my work a secret so in space I would reside. I fueled my rocket. I took a flyer, and on my space station, I built the unifier. Now it's a perfect fit
0: for both journalists and cultures.
1: I can't wait to learn more about both of their cultures. All in good time, no doubt, so let's not jump ahead, because this is the time the crew cause this is the place where i say it's nice to me you ah, ah now that's a theme song oh unifier this chamber is meant for unification so to that end i ask you for two more test subjects if you please unifier
2: operational <laughs>
3: Oh, welcome aboard. Taking a look around, I seem to be surrounded by uh, some type of force field.
1: Yes, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, there is a a suspension field keeping you two separated from each
3: other. Oh, uh, Taylor, can you turn on the translator, please? Thank you, Taylor.
2: I'm looking for caucuses.
3: Wow, I, I'm observing a vulture that I can speak to. Um, hello.
2: Uh, hello, you seem to be alive, and I was wondering if you could be dead so I could feast.
1: Uh, wow, this uh, turned sour very quickly. I'm so sorry. Uh, for the purposes of this experiment, the both of us, I think, are going to remain
3: alive. Yeah, that's, that's how I get all my stuff done, is staying alive.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. Same here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. We're all having a laugh here. I'm going to seal the two
1: of you inside uh, this chamber here. Okay, and now can you see me up here in the observation booth?
3: Loud and clear. Yep, I can see you loud and clear. Great,
1: great. Well, uh, I am Professor Jameson Birkhead. Uh, This is my space station slash laboratory, also known as the Unifier, and the two of you have been teleported from the surface of Earth and have been selected to be part of the greatest scientific experiment in human history. So congratulations to you both.
2: Oh, the honor is all mine.
3: I'm amazed you're you're an actual bird. I've always, I have so many questions for birds.
2: It's a pretty great lifestyle, not gonna lie. I fly around, go as I please, look for rotting carcasses everywhere I go so I can feast.
1: Perhaps we should introduce ourselves to one another first. Uh, You on the left, why don't you tell us who you are and where you're from?
2: Animal Introduction My name is Valerie. I'm a vulture. I live in the mountains of western Connecticut looking for carcasses.
1: Okay, great. And you, sir, on the right, why don't you tell us who you are, where you're from, and what is your name? Human.
0: Introduction.
3: My name is uh, Ted August, and I am a journalist. Funny enough, I actually uh, have worked for Vulture.
2: They've appropriated my name. I'm familiar with the online publication. They never printed anything about my bits. You're
1: a vulture who also does comedy of some form?
2: Yes, I make my committee, which is uh, a group of vultures on land, laugh. And when we're in a kettle, which is a group of vultures flying, I'm cracking jokes all the way home.
1: So the name for a group of vultures is different whether you're on land or in the air? Correct. So a committee of vultures on land, a kettle of vultures in the sky. I don't know that I've ever heard of that before. I love that.
2: You know, we are a very, very interesting breed.
1: Well, why don't you tell us what's a regular day like for you know you and your fellow vultures in a committee or a kettle?
2: When we're in a committee, we're very, very social birds. So we tell stories, we uh, reminisce about old carry-on, and then we uh, we get up for the day, uh, usually around dawn, and we see who died in the night. Mm. And at any stage of death, sometimes when an animal is deeply infirmed, we'll circle, we'll land in the trees, and we'll wait until that animal dies patiently, hours, minutes, days even, and we then go down and we feast. And if it gets too hot outside, well, we urinate on our legs to keep us cool.
1: Wow, Valerie, I did not see that one coming. You pee on your legs and feet to keep cool?
2: Yes, that's true. And there are very interesting antibacterial purposes. Who needs an antibiotic ointment when you have the vulture urine?
1: I am learning a lot about vultures today. And here I thought they were just about eating dead things. Right, Ted August?
3: Yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, literally all the meat I've ever eaten was dead. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have a lot more in common with vultures than we thought.
1: And, Ted August, we are known to form committees. That's true. Perhaps we turn the focus to you. We've learned about Valerie the Vulture's day. Why don't you tell us, what's a regular day for a reporter like yourself?
3: That's a great question. So I used to work for um, newspapers until I saw buzzards circling over the newspapers. And then I started writing for online publications.
2: Newspapers are dying. It's a dying art form. Wow, so
1: Valerie, the vulture, you might also circle something that is conceptually dying as well.
2: We would circle film and cameras.
1: Oh, yeah, well, okay.
2: We would circle retail stores.
1: I suppose this is just a sense that vultures have. You can tell that they're on their way
2: out. Yes, we have very strong senses, uh, smell. We also can critically think, which nobody thinks about.
3: Again, I think that's why we have so much in common, Valerie, is that we're both critical thinkers, right?
2: Absolutely.
3: You know, and and we eat, we all eat dead stuff. We eat dead stuff. I'm bald and you're bald.
2: But I wear my baldness with pride. I'm not ashamed of my baldness.
1: Ted August, you're wearing a baseball cap. It seems like you might be ashamed of the fact.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I kind of was for a long time. I used to love my hair. That was how I started writing, As I would write imaginary stories about my hair and where it would go.
1: Ted August, I, I have to tell you, the this this stories sound incredibly sad.
3: Well, I, I mean, they always had an almost happy ending. That was why I switched over from fiction to nonfiction. I liked an almost happy ending. It felt more real. But as my, as my hair started falling out and I lost more and more of it, yeah, I, I realized that I had to get more into uh, realistic writing. And I think that that's also important because someone has to be able to take a look at what's going on in the world and make an assessment or try... Try to help other people understand what's what's happening around them.
2: Well, now how interesting.
3: Very deep.
1: Ted August and Valerie. It seems like we're really connecting well here. Uh, Why don't I deactivate the suspension fields keeping you two separate from one another?
3: Deactivating force field. And you
1: two may now uh, interact with one another physically,
2: if you so choose. Now, Gus, don't be scared of me because I will only eat things that are dead. I just want to have a conversation.
3: Okay, but the way you said conversation sounded sinister.
2: That's because my vocal cords are very muted. We don't sing, us vultures. We have never sung a song. We don't understand the concept of songbirding.
3: You know, I don't really understand the concept of songbirding either. That's also why I like reporting, because I would write stories about my family singing. So then I would handwrite them, and then I would uh, uh, pass them out in the neighborhood. And, you know, I would uh, make everyone in the neighborhood take one. And then I would ask them if they liked it, and they would say, uh, sure. Something
2: tells me they may not have read it. That's just me. I would never read a a scroll about another kettle or committee of vultures that was not my own.
1: Valerie, I I have to agree. I, I don't think I'd be that interested
3: Yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, you're right. I think the business model was pretty bad, but I was a kid.
1: Uh, You're right, Ted August. We're perhaps being too critical of a fledgling writer who is only trying to spread his
3: wings. I've so so much thought about that. Can you spread your wings right now? I would love to see how wide your wingspan is.
2: Yeah, give me one sec.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's that's quite a span.
2: Five feet.
3: Wow. Wow. You know, with your bald head and your wide wingspan, you look kind of like Michael Jordan.
2: Wow, number 23.
3: You know Michael Jordan?
2: Of course we know about the great Chicago Bulls.
1: (laughs) I suppose if vultures know any basketball player, it probably should be Michael Jordan.
2: Yes, Shaquille O'Neal. Dennis Rodman, love his style.
3: Now, Valerie, did you ever mistake Dennis Rodman for a worm?
2: You know, I'll tell you something, we're friends with worms. Now, I might eat a maggot every now and then, because a maggot is a larva, but let me tell you, vultures have some of the strongest stomach acids.
1: Valerie the vulture, if you're eating exclusively dead creatures, you could potentially be putting yourself in a very dangerous situation by eating rotting flesh, but that's not a problem for a vulture, you're saying?
2: Not at all. And, you know, worst case scenario, we just vomit it up. Like my my babies, they don't come to feed. They hang out in a hollowed-out tree, and then I vomit us into their mouths.
1: Good lord. I'm actually going to move us to the next phase of the experiment here. This is a part of the experiment known as the Introduction of a Random Object, a.k.a. the IRO. Uh, Taylor, do you want to go ahead and drop in the IRO?
3: Introduction of Random Objects.
1: Oh, okay, a little bounce there.
2: It's a cylindrical tube-shaped carcass of an animal I do not recognize.
3: Okay, hot dogs.
1: Yeah, what is that, an eight-pack?
2: Yes, these hot dogs are calling my name. But I have to ask, where are the maggots?
1: I'll say, Valerie, to have maggots in a human food would render that food very unpopular.
2: We love maggots. It's extra seasoning, if you ask me.
3: Oh, like salt.
2: It is our salt. It's our salt. It's our hot sauce.
3: Oh,
1: Valerie, you're making me a little queasy, but please continue.
2: I'm so sorry. But guess what? The more maggots we eat, the less flies for you to swat.
1: That's an excellent point. I I had not considered that the vulture eating of maggots would remove more insects from the ecosystem.
2: Correct.
3: You know, you're really turning me around on vulture life here.
2: I know, we get a bad rap.
1: Ted August, are you thinking of profiling a vulture
3: you know my current style is to embed myself maybe spend a few weeks with my subject uh, valerie i'd love to just spend a couple weeks on the road with you after this
2: absolutely normally we don't feed when humans are around it's an intimate experience it's private unless you have a press pass of course
3: Haha! well oh man i'm i'm so excited
1: well p- perhaps you can do it Right now, form a committee of two, and Ted August, you could begin writing your vulture opus right now.
2: Well, we do have a carcass. It's, it's you know, not an ideal caucus.
3: I stood in the metal construct as I watched Valerie, the r- raven feathered vulture. Don't,
2: sorry, we don't talk about ravens, okay? Committees and murders do not mix.
3: Okay, that's fair. That's a first draft. We can we can work on it.
1: Uh, yes, maybe find a different way to start your piece, Ted August. Obviously not a vulture's disgusting eating habits, but something like that.
3: No, no, obviously not. I'm not going to be eating one of those disgusting... Oh, oh, oh hot dog water! Oh, ah!
1: well, careful, Ted. Oh!
3: I'm okay. I'm just laying on the ground now.
1: Ted, you're fine. We're not going to make you eat like a vulture or anything. Let's do it. No, no. Uh, 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 Valerie, that was that was not a suggestion. No.
2: Oh, this is delicious. Humans, your caucuses are tasty, I gotta say. Um,
3: oh, you oh, spitting it into his mouth. Uh,
1: very... Uh, 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 August is uh,
3: not interested in this, please. You know, that wasn't half bad.
1: 10 August, please.
3: No, I, I feel like I can kind of see the world through the eyes of a vulture now. Oh. And now I know that it actually tastes amazing. Oh.
2: Ted August is a very smart man because the stomach acids from my belly have killed all the parasites of a raw hot dog.
1: Unification complete. I'm not sure that comparison can be made 100%, but I am regrettably uh, prepared to announce that we have reached 100% unification, perhaps based on the transfer of carcasses between the two of you. Congratulations. Well,
2: wow, what a waste. It could have been eaten by something.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you going to... Are you going to finish those? Oh, dead August. This is disgusting. Listen, I'm glad you two are getting along, but upon achieving unification, you'll be teleported back to Earth in about 20 seconds, so say your goodbyes quickly, please.
2: Listen, Unifier if you, you ever down. find yourself in Safety the country woods required. of Western Connecticut, you're going to find me. Unifier we're going to make a countdown, and we're going to look for copies together.
3: That is honestly everything I've always wanted in that specific location, too. I'm going to be there. As soon as we get back, I am driving to Connecticut. I will see you there.
2: Oh, please do. You take care of yourself.
3: Oh, you too. Oh, man, I can't wait to write about vultures. Okay, all right. Get off my space station, please. Farewell. Oh,
1: Oh, Taylor. Watching a vulture throw up a hot dog into Ted (laughs) August now. Cause this is the time. Yeah, baby, it's the brood! Cause this is the place where I say it's nice to meet you. (laughs) I know that's how they feed their children in the wild, but Ted August is not a young vulture. He's an old vulture. He should be able to figure that out for himself. Ugh Taylor. I think it's happening again. Well, I think there was still quite a bit of interesting information in that one. And I think I actually came off pretty well, so you can quit your snickering, Taylor. Shh, it's starting. GZM shows. Imagination amplified. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy.
3: I'm Autumn. And I'm Jasper. And And we're we're a a GZM GZM family. family. (laughs) And we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature.
1: I love the one with the green
3: reaper
0: and the zombies. Yeah! Three years ago, Brinley Pasternak helped the Anders family uncover the truth about Holiday's past. Now, she'll need them to help her find the truth about hers. Six Minutes Out of Time is the long-awaited sequel to the most downloaded family audio adventure in history. When Cyrus is found unconscious near the mysterious Elixir Academy in Florida, brinley learns the school may have a shocking connection to her missing mother all new episodes are available one week early and ad free for gzm subscribers visit gzmshows.com to learn more